nice job on announcements. Okay, we're into this series, second week of the Stranger Things series. Who all watches that show? Watch that show? Yeah. So we are doing this series because the truth is there are a lot of things that we can understand about God, but there's also a lot of things that we cannot understand. And instead of letting those things derail us, we hope to be able to talk about them and um, we actually think that you can find comfort in the fact that our God is so big that you can't understand parts of him because truthfully, would we want to follow a God that would like just be equal to as smart and creative as we are? I think that there can be a lot more comfort in the fact that he's way bigger than we can understand. So that's why we are doing this Stranger Things series. Um, we're hoping that by talking about some of the hard to understand parts of our faith, that that can help launch you guys into a solid independent faith. So tonight we're doing that, and Bradley Reese is going to talk to us about the Holy Spirit. So we're super excited about that. A few weeks ago, my husband and I were up at Mayo. He was going to get a minor procedure done. And um, he had gone back for the procedure and I was left in the waiting room for a few hours. And um, I remember um, asking the Holy Spirit just to open my eyes um, to see what he wanted me to see, to hear what he wanted me to hear. And I remember the Holy Spirit um, urging me to um, ask people in the waiting room if they would like prayer, um, just for comfort, knowing that they were waiting for someone in a procedure too. And so um, I remember the Holy Spirit saying that and I remember being too afraid because that is like out of my comfort zone and it's not my personality to go around asking people if they want prayer. Um, but I kept feeling the, the urge to do that. And um, I noticed one man in particular and again felt the Holy Spirit saying, go ask this man if he would like um, prayer. And again, I just kind of shrugged it off and um, this was towards the end of the waiting and I looked back thinking that I had the courage to finally do this and noticed that he was reading a book about prayer. Then the nurses called my husband's name and it was time to go. And again, I let that be an excuse on why I couldn't pray for this man. Um, and so even though I had asked the Holy Spirit to um, open my eyes to what he wanted me to see, I let fear and other things get in the way. Um, and really just now I'm acknowledging uh, that I can also ask the Holy Spirit for courage to do those things. Recent trip, God's Mountain, I, I met a guy named David, and uh, David and I, uh, we were assigned the same group to, uh, to work together the first couple days, and we were very focused on this blessed model while we were on our trip. First was begin in prayer, second was listen, and uh, the second day after we worked together, I was really, really focusing on this listen piece of the blessed model. How is the spirit inside of me trying to talk. And uh, for whatever reason, after worship, 
that that second night we uh, we got together for a small group and I, I felt very convicted to to reach out to David in front of everyone actually and, and give him my number. After Nick gave me his phone number I felt like there was really a like we had a real connection, like there was a friendship building. So the next day we got assigned to clean up a trail and Topher came along with with a chainsaw to saw up any bigger trees that we couldn't get with our clippers. And so about halfway through the chain on the chainsaw just fell off. Uh, we continued on and we made it halfway up the really steep hill and we stopped and talked for about 20 minutes just to kind of pour our heart out to one another. So I said, uh, I didn't want to be corny or anything, but I thought that we were destined to meet, that this was all part of God's plan. After David and I had this, this conversation, kind of this experience on the mountain, um, what we, what we later realized was so crazy about it was Topher had come back two different times to the same trail um, to look for us. And quite frankly, uh, he said that he had followed my tread. At one of the sessions, he had seen the tread on the bottom of my shoes. He said he followed my tread out. And for whatever reason, he couldn't find us. So it was, it was like God had prepared this, this perfect place for David and I to have conversation, communion together and really connect. And that was just, just nuts for, for me to hear that after listening to Topher's message. All right. Hey, y'all. How's it going? Sorry, I have a loud voice. When I was younger, my family used to always be like, Bradley, your voice carries. you got to be quieter. So sorry. But I'm going to be loud, so get over it. Uh, okay, so <laughs> by the way, my name's Bradley. Uh, I'm on staff here at Orchard. I do like music stuff mostly, and every so often someone's like, hey, you want to speak? And I like pee my pants a little bit. So uh, you're going to have to bear with me, okay? Um, moving on. So those stories, those are super cool, right? So that first story, that was Kate Myers. You've probably seen her up on stage. She does music stuff too. And uh, she's sitting in a waiting room and she asks the Holy Spirit to open her eyes to what the Holy Spirit wants her to see and to help her to hear what the Holy Spirit wants her to hear. And then she like gets this urge, right, to pray for some dude. And then as if she like didn't get it yet, she looks over and that dude is holding a book about prayer. It's crazy. And then that second story, that was Nick Jans. Nick is probably somewhere in this room. He's a small group leader here. And David Myers is playing bass tonight. And... Uh, so Holy Spirit urges Nick to give David his number, and that kind of starts a relationship, right? And then they're walking along a trail. Topher's with him with a chainsaw, like we all want to picture Topher. And uh, that chainsaw breaks, so Topher leaves, and then he comes back, and he's looking for him, and he can't find him, even though they're right along the edge of the trail. So in my head, if you've seen Stranger Things, you'll understand this. In my head, it's like Holy Spirit picked him up and put him into some like less scary version of the upside down, right? Just so they could have this conversation. That ended up being really, really cool. If you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. Go watch it, then you'll understand. Okay, so those are really cool stories, right? And those aren't the only stories. There are tons of people who have experienced Holy Spirit doing things. And maybe one of those people is you. Maybe you didn't hear necessarily this audible voice in your head, right? But maybe one day you had this unexplainable peace about a situation that didn't really make sense. Or, or maybe you thought of a song or a scripture that was really important, or maybe you got goosebumps while someone was talking or while there was music happening, or maybe you had a feeling like you wanted to say something or you saw a picture in your head that you knew wasn't from you. Maybe you've experienced these things, 
or maybe you haven't, or maybe you're not really sure, but I'm hoping that you come away from these stories with at least maybe some questions about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? What's even the point? And is there anything I'm supposed to do? I'm here to talk about those questions, and uh, it's going to be super fun. But let me preface this by saying I do not have all the answers. I'm not some kind of like Holy Spirit scholar, you know what I'm saying? There are things that I know that we know about God, and there are some things that like we're just not going to understand. And like Nikki said, that's actually, for me, that's a super comforting thing. Because if God's supposed to be unlimited, then like I'm really stoked that I don't know everything that he knows, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so we're going to dive into all these questions. Uh, but first, I'm going to pray, because praying is good, and I like to do it, and also for other reasons. Okay, let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're in this room. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're in each and every one of us. Father, would you guide my words tonight? And Lord, we just talk to those nerves that are in my head and in my heart. We tell them that they're dumb and that they need to leave. Thanks. God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for all these people. Would you open our minds and our hearts to learn from you? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, first question. Are we ready? It is, who is the Holy Spirit? And I think a lot of times we can think of this as like a, maybe a what is the Holy Spirit, right? But that kind of makes me think of like Holy Spirit being this like an animate object or a ghost or a spirit, right? That we can't talk to or have a relationship with. So the real answer, the real question is who? And in order to look at this, we kind of have to go back and really remember an older series. It was like a month ago. Hugh talked about this word and it was a word for God. And it started with a T. And if you remember that word, you should shout it out really loud. Trinity! Wow, that was better than I expected. Good job. So there's the Trinity, and the Trinity is composed of these three parts, right? The first part, it starts with an F. It is the... Nice! The second part starts with an S. Nice! And the third part is... Wow, you're so smart. Wow. Okay, yeah, so those are three separate beings. They're separate people, right? But they're also like one God, which is kind of confusing and mind-blowing, and I don't fully understand. So let's kind of like... Let's kind of recap. So we have God the Father over us, right? He's our dad. He created us. He thinks we're awesome. He loves us a lot. And then we also have God the Son beside us, the Son who came to earth as a man to be our way to God. They called him Jesus, right? We've heard of him. And then we have God the Holy Spirit within us, the one who is here and who is always with us. Okay, so this means that the Holy Spirit is God, just one person of God, right, but holding the same unmatched power, the same unlimited knowledge, and the same unending love for you. Holy Spirit was there from the very beginning, literally the second verse in the entire Bible, Genesis 1-2, it says, the Holy Spirit was hovering over the surface of the waters, and the waters were like this, like, like uncreated mess of chaos, and it was like this mess, right, it hadn't even been touched by God. And this word hovering is pretty cool. It doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit was just kind of floating over it like a hummingbird or whatever, right? It actually means brooding, like a mother bird broods over her necks, protecting her young. So right away, even then, in the midst of our chaotic mess that hadn't even been touched by God yet, Holy Spirit was down in the midst of it with us, showing us the care and the love of the Father. And that's what he still is today. He is God's presence with us every day in the midst of our chaos, in the midst of our mess. So we go through the Old Testament, 
And we find that sin kind of created this separation between God and the people he created and loves, and it totally sucked. And God had this plan, right? And he wanted to bring people back to him. And part of that plan was Jesus being God beside us on earth. Okay, so we're going to fast forward from Genesis, like, Millions of years? I don't know how long it was. It was a long time. We're going to fast forward a long time, and we're going to go to when Jesus was here on earth, okay? This is the book of John. And by now, Jesus had these followers, and they're, like, loving the fact that they get to hang out and have close personal relationships with God through Jesus, okay? And then, in John chapter 14, we read that Jesus breaks the news to his friends that he's peacing out. Like, he's got to go, and I can't come with him, okay? And they're, like, super sad. But then he makes this promise, and this is John 14, 16 through 17, it says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him, and it doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now, and later he will be in you. So he goes on to tell him, that the Holy Spirit will be their new friend, that he'll never leave them, that he'll be there to comfort them, to encourage them of the truth, and to guide them through life, to literally be the power of God inside them, just like Jesus has been, the power of God beside them. So who is the Holy Spirit? What is his character? What's he like? The Holy Spirit is God living inside you in all his power, all his truth, and all his love. He is your constant friend. He is your comfort and your encouragement. He is your guide and he is your power. Jesus actually said, he told the disciples, that through the Holy Spirit, they would do even greater things than he did. Guys, the dude rose from the dead and he's told his friends that they're going to do greater things than he did through the Holy Spirit. I don't even, I can't even begin to understand that. That's freaking me out a little bit, okay? But we actually start to see the power of the Holy Spirit in the beginning of Acts when the Holy Spirit actually comes down just like Jesus had promised. This is Acts chapter 2, okay? We're moving into what does the Holy Spirit do? This is our second question. So Acts chapter 2. I don't have time to read the whole thing, so we're going to get what I call the BT. This is the Bradley translation, okay? It's great. It says this, the BT, it says this. After Jesus is resurrected, he's hanging out with his friends for a while, and then he's like, later guys, I'm going to heaven. You remember that thing I said about the Holy Spirit? You remember that? Cool, cool, I'm out. So Jesus is gone. And then his friends, they're hanging out and they're praying together on this holiday called Pentecost. And that is when it happened. So the Holy Spirit, they're praying, and Holy Spirit falls like, hey, y'all, how's it going? I'm going to hang out here for a while. And he goes inside each and every one of them. And then, no joke, there's like flames of fire kind of like sprout out of their heads. It's crazy. That's not even a joke, I promise. And then they start speaking in all of these different languages. And to a lot of people around, it totally sounds like gibberish, right? But because it was Pentecost, this holiday, there were people from all over. And some of those people started to understand what they were saying because it was their language that was being spoken. And they're like, hey, those guys are talking about God. That's pretty cool. And then there are other people who are like, yo, Pentecost, those guys are drunk. That's also in the Bible. It's not just the Bradley translation. Okay. And then Peter steps forward. And no joke, the dude says, he was one of the people speaking in these different languages. He steps forward and he's like, guys, it's 9 a.m. It is way too early for us to be drunk right now. That also is in the Bradley translation. He actually said that. I laughed out loud. So then, after that, he goes on to say, to tell them about how Jesus had been resurrected and how God was breaking the separation and inviting everybody into relationship with him. And then, like, a ton of people accepted that relationship that, that day, and it was super cool. So after that, these guys spread out, and they did ministry, and they started what we now call the church, and they were 100% led by the Holy Spirit. 
They learned his voice and they listened. They allowed that voice to speak truth to them, to teach them about God and themselves and about other people and to guide them. And remember, I'm guessing it wasn't always like this audible voice, right? Maybe they got a thought like, ooh, I think we should go here. And then they went there and it was great, okay? And then, so they listened. And then they also leaned on him as their power and their authority. They experienced miracles, sometimes through things they specifically did, but sometimes just in the way events were ordered. They could tell that it had to be God. And in doing these things, listening and leaning on the Holy Spirit, they were led by him every day in the decisions they made and the places they went and the really like cool, amazing, miraculous things they experienced, and probably also in the things that felt like boring, mundane, everyday life. And this stuff hasn't stopped. God, the Holy Spirit within us, is continuing his work today. You heard two stories earlier about how the Holy Spirit speaks to us or orders events or physically makes two guys undetectable so they can have a conversation. It's still freaking me out a little bit, okay? But that's not all. My relationship with Jesus actually started because someone was willing to listen for the Holy Spirit and had the courage to speak up. So I have this story about how my life was changed at a camp. Some of you guys are sitting in the audience, you're like, classic, I've been there, right? I was in junior high, and I was like way different from the person that I am today. I was really depressed. I was really insecure. I had like a lot of hair. It was like an afro on the top of my head. It was huge. And also, I was really not interested in worshiping Jesus at all. Frankly, my parents made me go to the camp. Other people are like, classic. I know what you're talking about. So there was this moment at the camp during a session where the pastor said, hey, if anyone wants to come up and receive prayer, that'd be great. And so I don't really know what happened, but I found myself walking up to the front. And so I stood there, and the pastor looks at me, and he's like, hey, is there anything specific you'd like prayer for? And I was still kind of a jerk, okay? And so I said, no, which really in my language was kind of like giving him the finger and saying, your move, preacher man. But so he looks at me, and he's quiet for a minute, and I thought that he was embarrassed at the time. Now I know that he was listening to the Holy Spirit. So he was quiet for a minute. And then he looked me in the eyes, and he said, tell me about your dad. Well, that was out of the blue, right? What this guy didn't know was that even though right now I have, like, an awesome relationship with my dad, he's really cool, I like him a lot, uh, but then things were really messed up. He didn't know that my dad was almost always angry, that he was always screaming at my mom and my siblings and me, and sometimes he got physically aggressive. He didn't know that it felt like we could never do enough to please him or to make him like us. And now I know that he loved us even then, but there was stuff getting in the way. There was brokenness. There was depression. And there was anger. This pastor didn't know that the only feelings I had for my dad were anger and fear and bitterness. But something weird happened when he asked about my dad. I didn't share any of that stuff. Instead, I actually started saying things that I didn't believe yet about my dad. Things that I know now are true, but that I didn't know then. Like the fact that my dad worked his butt off. He did jobs that he didn't actually like because he knew that our family was poor and he wanted to provide for us. And I said stuff like he was an honest man and that he had a sense of humor and he loved to teach us about life and about God. I found myself saying all these positive things. And the guy looks at me and he goes, sounds like you have a pretty good dad, but we're going to forgive him together. And I completely broke down because I knew that this guy had no way of knowing the pain that I was carrying. But I also knew that God knew that pain. 
Not only that, he wanted so badly for me to know him and to be whole that he prompted this guy to not only bring up my dad, but to help me forgive him, even though he didn't know the whole story. Guys, when you think about it, that's kind of weird. Like, I was standing there like, this dude is reading my mind, you know? It was weird. For all this pastor knew, I could have had an awesome relationship with my dad and been, like, super offended that he wanted me to forgive him, you know? But instead, I knew that by him saying those words, that not only did this have to be God, but it had to be a God who cared about me personally. And I think I accepted Jesus that day. It was something like that, right? And it was really good. And that was when I really started a relationship with Jesus. So this leads us to our next question. What is the point? Maybe for some of you, all this stuff is super confusing. Maybe it's a little unbelievable. And maybe if you're like me, there's a part of you that wants to understand everything and put it in these neat little boxes, right? And one box is labeled what, and there's another box, and it's labeled how. And I wish I could tell you that we could open those boxes and take a look, but I can't. Because I don't think we were created to understand that. But luckily, there's another box, and this box is labeled why. And I do think we are created to understand the why, and I think that because I think God made it super, super simple. The why is relationship. God works through the Holy Spirit in ways that are beyond what we can understand, and sometimes they look strange to us, but it's all so that he can draw us and other people into a close, personal relationship with him. God wants closeness with us. That's why Holy Spirit came to be your guide and your comforter and your encourager and your healer and your friend. God is so concerned with your wholeness that he gave you himself to be your friend for life. And he's never going to leave you. And he's never going to get tired of your messes or your failures. And he's never going to get bored of you. And you are never going to be alone. Now, God wants closeness with us. But he also wants closeness with literally everyone else, right? So in that relationship he has with you, he is inviting you to join him in bringing other people close. Can now let me be clear? He doesn't need you. Sorry. Right? God can totally save the world without you. But he wants so badly for you to get to experience it with him. Okay, so that's the why. The why is relationship. So here's our last question. What am I supposed to do? What do I do? Okay, you may have figured this out about me already, but I love lists. I have a thing for lists. I like them. And I made another one, and it's based on what Jesus said and what the people did in the book of Acts. And almost all of these things start with L, and I wish that they all did. There's one that doesn't start with an L. So if you can think of a word that starts with an L that fits there, let me know. Just be thinking about it. Okay, cool. Okay, so number one on this list, invite the Holy Spirit to live inside you. That's the one that doesn't start with L. Dang it. So... We're actually going to do that here in a minute. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to live inside us. Um, But you should know, this is an everyday decision that we make to constantly invite and remind ourselves of Holy Spirit's presence. So that's number one, invite. Number two, listen for the Holy Spirit. Guys, all the time, there are tons of voices in our head. And they come from all over, right? And they tell us things about us and about other people and about the world. And it can be super hard to figure out what's truth and what's lies and what's like maybe somewhere in the middle, right? But Jesus promised us that the Holy Spirit would speak truth. And as we learn to recognize his voice, we can start to sift through all the noise in our head. And again, it's not always this like audible full of reverb voice, like, my son, this is the truth, right? He doesn't sound like Mufasa. But 
Sometimes it could be this thought that pops in your head or a feeling of peace about a decision, and it's going to look different for all of us, and that's a good thing because God knows that we all need different things. Did you notice that both stories in that video earlier started with someone listening for the Holy Spirit? And then Holy Spirit invited them to help bring someone into relationship with him. So another question, how do we listen? It can be super hard to quiet your mind, and I am like poster child for this. My mind is always moving in a lot of different directions. So one thing we can do is we can do like Kate did, and we can actually ask for help, right? In the beginning of the video, Kate was like, Holy Spirit, help me to see what you want me to see. Help me to hear what you want me to hear. We can ask for help. We can also discipline ourselves to every day make space to get to God and get quiet. This is something Nikki is really passionate about. You should talk to her after Big House if you want to know more about that. And then for myself, when I really need to quiet my mind, I actually use a prayer language that we saw in Acts 2, right? All these people spoke different languages. And so I'm speaking this different language. I don't actually know what the language is. I don't know what I'm saying. But I know that it's a language God gave me. So when I'm speaking that language, I know that I'm speaking words that are only truth. Frankly, it helps that I don't understand it, right? And this really helps me make space to listen for Holy Spirit. And if you want to know more about this, I really love to talk about it. So I'll be here after Big House. You should come and talk to me. It's great. Okay, that's number two, listen. We have invite, then listen. And number three is lean on Holy Spirit's power and authority. Another way to say this is to not be super dependent on ourselves, right? To be fully dependent on the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus modeled this. And honestly, if the Son of God had to be fully dependent on the Holy Spirit, we shouldn't be surprised that we have to, right? Jesus said that he did nothing of his own strength, but everything he did was of the Holy Spirit. There's this scene before he starts doing all these miracles as an adult, right, where he actually invites and accepts the Holy Spirit. It's while he's being baptized, and like the Holy Spirit comes down and kind of looks like a dove and lands on him. And so after that, he is led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, and he doesn't eat anything or drink anything for 40 days, which is like the worst. I love food. So he's probably in this really weak and vulnerable place, right? And Satan shows up because he's an idiot. We don't like him. We can boo and hiss at, at Satan. He's a loser. And so Satan starts to tempt Jesus, and he's telling him these lies. He's saying stuff like, if you're the son of God, do this or do that, right? He tries to plant lies in Jesus about his identity, about who he actually is. But Jesus stays fully dependent on the truth of the Spirit and leaning on the authority that is inside him. He tells Satan to go, and Satan has to go. Now that same power, that same authority lives inside of you. It's been given to you for free. There's nothing you can do to deserve it or to earn it. You have it because you're a child of God. So when you hear lies, and let's be honest, we've all heard lies about our identity, right? Things that say you're not good enough or you can't be in a relationship with God because you've messed up too many times, right? We've all heard these lies. When we hear these lies, we can actually say to Satan, by the power of the Holy Spirit that's in me, I command you to shut up, and Satan has to shut up. That's not a joke. See, we can build up this idea of Satan and this idea of lies to be this super powerful thing, but compared to the spirit that's inside of you, Satan is completely and utterly powerless. All he has are lies, which is a comforting thing for me. So, that was number three, I think, right? Lean on the Holy Spirit's power and authority. Number four, all of this stuff put together allows us to be led by the Holy Spirit. There's another L word. And again, this isn't like one big decision we make and like poof, we're super awesome at it, right? 
It looks more like a ton of tiny decisions that we make every single day, like waking up in the morning and saying, Holy Spirit, help me know that you're here today, or being in a conversation with someone that we disagree with. Everybody's been there. And saying, Holy Spirit, help me listen well. And if I'm even supposed to say anything, give me the right words. Or spending 15 minutes before we go to bed and doing a prayer of examine, or exploring gifts of the Spirit, spirit, like speaking in tongues, or learning to identify these lies in our head and commanding them to go. So maybe all of this is still super confusing. So if I leave you with anything, I want you to hear this. God loves you a lot. The ugliest part of yourself, the thing that you hate the most about yourself, God loves you with it. And he's loved you since the beginning of time. And he's always going to love you. And he loves you so much that he wants a close personal relationship with you. That's what all this stuff is about. That's why Jesus came and died on a cross, and that's why we have the Holy Spirit to be our friend, to be close to us, to walk with us every single day. It's all about relationship, and it's all because you are loved. So I'm going to invite the band up, and we're actually going to take a minute, and we're going to accept that relationship that God's offering us, so we're going to stand, and we're going to do a thing, and it's going to be great. I love to do things. Aren't things great? Wow, we're a little lackluster in our standing. Goodness me. Okay, so we're going to start by getting in a position that I call, this is receive mode, okay? We're going to put our hands out like this. I saw someone get into, like, athletic stance just now. No, it's just receive mode. Just receive mode. Okay, so here's why. I like to engage my whole self when I'm worshiping or hearing from the Lord because it helps me point my whole self to Jesus. It helps me fully receive Jesus. Consequently, that's also why I raise my hands in worship, okay? So we're in receive mode. We're also going to close our eyes. Band, you can do this too, except for Hoy, because you got to pull up a pad up there. Sorry. Okay, we're also going to close our eyes. And I'm going to pray, and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit. And guys, I want you to pray these words in your head as well or agree in some other way, okay? Father, thank you for sending your son so that we could have relationship with you. Thank you for loving us even when we don't deserve it. And thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to be with us every moment of every day. So right now, we accept a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We invite the Holy Spirit to be inside us. And God, may these not just be words. God, we actually accept something that's real and start to see something that's real. And God, for those of us who are having trouble believing, God, we just ask that you would help our unbelief. We know that you don't mind when we can't believe you. We just ask that you would help our unbelief. So Holy Spirit, we invite you into our hearts and into our minds. Would you help us to listen to you? Would you help us to hear you? Would you help us understand what your power and your authority is? Would you help us to lean on God, would you help us to be led by you every single day? And right now, we just come against lies in our heads. Those lies that say that we're not good enough to have a relationship with God, that we're not wanted by God, that we're unlovable. We tell those lies to go in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, would you replace those lies with your truth? And we thank you for that, Lord. We 
thank you that we don't have to try to receive anything from you, but that it's a free gift in Jesus' name.